If you would tonight, turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I love this chapter. And I want to begin to read, please, in verse 28. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called, and whom He called, them He also justified, and whom He justified, them He also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is He that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God who also make an intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, and these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us <coughs> from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to talk to you about tonight who can condemn us and also is there anything that can separate us from the love of God. <coughs> I was talking to a lady, like I said this morning, on the phone and she's talking about how sick she was and what had she done to, uh, for this thing to happen to her and uh, I told her nothing uh, that is, and what I wanted her to see no matter what she has done she can't be separated from the love of God you got to remember something if God ever loved you once he loved you always amen he don't change his mind now uh, what I want to talk to you about first, though, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. In other words, then, Jesus is our lawyer. He alone is our defender. When we are accused of sin, and he's never lost a case. In John 10, verse 28, the Bible says, Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now, Jesus promised that. I didn't. And I am one of his sheep. So I know that I cannot be taken out of his hand. In 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12, For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Then, Romans states, Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, uh, nor death, 
nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God uh, that which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, verse 38 and 39. Now go to Romans chapter 4 a minute. Romans chapter 4. And I want us to read in verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also described the blessings of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without work, saying, Blessed are they whose nickers are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Now, as we go any, before we go any further, remember this now. God does not charge sin to the believer because Jesus bore our sins on Calvary. And another thing you've got to remember is God never contradicts His Word. If He says something in one place, it's going to be the same thing in another place on the same subject. Now the part is that we got to, when you when you study in the Bible on a subject, you've got to dovetail it all together. You've got to get the New Testament, the Old Testament, and every verse is speaking of that subject. You've got to get them all together, and then it clarifies itself. In other words, the Bible preaches itself, literally. Now, unlearned and false teachers try to take verse out of context to prove you can lose your salvation. But they're unlearned of Scripture. All Scripture has to agree as one. Now, turn back with me for just a minute. In 1 Corinthians, turn a little forward to 1 Corinthians. Uh, chapter 9, and I want you to look at verse 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 27. But I keep under my body, and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now, Paul uses the word castaway to show you must keep your body clean, you must keep it under subjection to be used of God to do His work. That's not salvation, and that's not losing your salvation, but your usefulness. Philippians 2.12 Work out your own salvation with fear and tremor. Now, is that a contradiction of 1 Corinthians 9.27? Now, salvation... Notice, this is not working to be saved. This is working out your salvation that is in you. In other words, if you're going to be a testimony to somebody of the Lord Jesus Christ and His salvation, they got to see Christ in you. And so what he's talking about here is, when in, here in, uh, Paul is praying in verse 27 of chapter 9, don't let me be a castaway, in other words, he said, don't let me get in a place of sin in my life that I can't be useful to you because other people are watching me and i got to keep myself under subjection that I have a testimony. Then in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, uh, and, and Philippians 2, 12, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That makes us, with fear and trembling, we've got to keep our body under subjection knowing that we have influence to witness to somebody of the work of God that's done in our hearts. How can I testify or be a witness to somebody else if I'm cussing and 
and doing all kind of crazy things in this world, and then I come up to somebody and I say, I want to tell you about my Savior Jesus. They're not going to listen to you. And so what this, what uh, uh, Philippians 2.12 is talking about is not you lose your salvation and you got to work for your salvation. you got to work it out to be saved. No, you don't. It's talking about working out your salvation to show others that you are saved. You cannot work out salvation that is not in you. Now go back, go back to uh, Matthew 24. Matthew 24. And I want you to look with me what verse 13. Matthew 24, verse 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now, is that talking about holding out unto the end, never losing your temper, never doing anything wrong? I'm going to hold out to be saved. No. If you study that, he's talking about in chapter 24 of the tribulation period. And if you go in the book of Revelation, you'll find this has to do with holding out uh, to the end of the tribulation period of your flesh being destroyed by Satan, not your soul. Did you know there's people going to be saved through the tribulation period? And the Bible says that that's talking about those that go through the tribulation period and come out on the other side. Now go with me to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Let's begin to read in verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. Now let me show you how that works. I've had people literally come to this church, sit there, and, and they say, well, all right, buddy, you just tell me whatever you mean. ain't going to affect me. Well, now listen. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. you got to remember something. If you pass out of track with God's Word on you, if you take the Word of God and read it to somebody, if I'm preaching the Word of God to somebody, however you give the Word of God to somebody, that Word of God enlightens them. The Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and enlightens them. Now watch this. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. That is hearing. That's as far as it goes. And have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. You know how many times I've witnessed to people and get them right up to the place almost that they're going to receive Christ as a Savior and they walk away from it? That's what that's talking about. Now, watch verse 6. If they shall fall away. In other words, if you come right up to the plan of salvation, you listen to it, the Holy Spirit deals with you through His Word and tells you that Jesus is a Savior. If you walk away from that, notice what it says. You cannot, in verse 6, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified in themselves the Son of God afresh and put Him to an open shame. In other words, Jesus is not going to be crucified twice for you. If you think you can get saved, I was talking to a man one time, and he talked about losing his salvation and get baptized to be saved. And he said you can do something again after you're baptized and you lose your salvation. I said, what are you going to do then? He said, oh, you've got to come and repent and get baptized all over again. I said, wait a minute. If you do that, then the Bible says that you've got to crucify Christ all over again. And you can't do that. Now, this is not a contradiction. I don't you see it. Uh, it's talking about, this is not talking about a saved person, 
But an unsaved person who the Holy Spirit convicts of sin and hears God's Word and will not come to Christ for salvation. There's no other place for that person to go for salvation then. For his soul, if he refuses Christ. Now, that's the unpardonable sin. If the Holy Spirit deals with you about Jesus being your Savior, and you say no to the Holy Spirit, that's blaspheming the Holy Spirit, that's the unpardonable sin. You cannot get saved without the Holy Spirit dealing with you through the Word of God to accept Christ as your Savior. Now, if you read all the Scriptures together, you'll see when God convicts any sinner of his sins, and he comes to Jesus in conviction of the Holy Spirit, that soul will be saved forever. John 3.16 is a perfect example of that. Now, there's nobody on the face of this earth that God doesn't love. John 3.16 tells us that. Now, if God loves everybody, then He wants everybody to be saved. And so if you'll come to to the Lord Jesus Christ like the Bible says to be saved, you can be saved too then. But if you walk away from that, there's no hope for you. Now, someone will say then, someone might, then it doesn't matter how a Christian lives after that he's saved if there's no danger in losing your salvation or his soul. But again, they don't know the Scriptures. Now turn with me, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's begin to read in verse 11. For the foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, doesn't say he lost his salvation, but you're building upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. If any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, air, stubble, every man's work, not his soul, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Now look at verse 17 very carefully. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Is he talking about destroying your spirit and soul? No. He's talking about destroying your body. Now, let me give you something. When you get saved, the Bible, all the way through the Bible, God said we're His children. Work for Him. We're to do something for Jesus because He saved our soul. Now, if a Christian can be saved, yet so as by fire, we will all stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ one day, every child of God, and all our works... Everything we've ever done for the Lord, I don't care what it is, if it's tithing, if it's preaching, if it's singing, if it's witnessing, if it's passing out tracts, if anything has been done for the Lord, on that day it's going to be tried by fire. And the Bible says that if it's wood, hay, and stubble, it's going to be burned up. In other words, if it's works that don't count for anything, it's going to be burned up. I... Just to show you a point. Years ago we had two singers in the church. 
One was the opera singer type singing, and I love to hear her sing. The other was a country singer type singer, and I mean she could sing country type songs. And one Sunday I asked the opera singer type singer to come and sing a special just for a priest, and she sung a beautiful song. I mean, just it was beautiful. When she when I went standing at the door shaking hands with people. Out, she came and shook him her, and the other one right behind her, the same country, come up behind me and said, Brother Strong, I could have sung that song better than she did. Now I want to ask you something. Who was the one that come up behind her and said that? Who was she singing for? Was she singing for the glory of the Lord? Or was she being singing to be heard of men? If she's singing to be heard of men only, then that's going to be burned up. When you sing, that's the reason that I I don't believe in uh, professional singers like the Grand Ole Opry coming and singing and, and everybody having a fit over and, and so on. As I do, just I love to hear just choirs of people, God's people, singing and singing together. One of the greatest meetings I've ever been in my life was forty uh, over four thousand preachers and workers. Anyhow, in a meeting, and they sang Amazing Grace without any instruments. Now, boy, you talk about the hair on your head standing up and on your arms and the presence of God being there. Uh, those workers and preachers singing Amazing Grace just without any instrument, just vocal. And they were none of those professionals. You know what? God was using that to go by His name. That's going to last. Those kind of rewards will last. So a Christian can be saved, yet so as by fire. In other words, he'll just get into heaven, like my daddy used to say, and sit down in the corner of glory land. Now God makes it plain that He gives every one of us at least one talent. Some ten talents. Some five talents. What are you going to do with them? If you invest them for the Lord, then he'll add to your talents. But if you put them somewhere and hide them, like somebody said, well, I'm saved, and boy, I can sing, but I'm not going to do it in church. I just can't, preacher. You don't understand. I just can't sing before people. Well, then shut up and don't sing at all. Amen? If you can sing out there in your truck, you can sing for the Lord. And what I'm trying to say is that if you're doing the best you can for the Lord, God's going to give you a reward one day for it. But if you're doing it for yourself and for somebody to come up and put their hand and pat you on the back and say, oh, you've got a beautiful voice. Like that young lady that sang at the funeral service and she's singing Faith Hill's tape and just mouthing it. And I, everybody kind of, oh, you ought to make records. I said, Faith Hill's already making records. Amen. And I'm sitting right there listening. She weren't saying a word. And yet, oh, thank you, thank you. I'm just taking all the glory in because of the great singing she's doing. Who's she singing for? And the Bible said that's going to be tried. Now, let me ask you something. Is that getting saved? Listen very carefully now to what it says here in this verse. If any man build upon this foundation silver, precious stone, wood, hair, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest or made known. In other words, anything you do down here, it's going to be made known up there. You can't hide it. You can't hide your motives there. And then, 
For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. I don't know how you can take verse 15 and say, without a doubt, that's losing your salvation. No, it's not. It's losing your rewards. And the Bible makes it very plain about that. You can't lose your salvation. Now go with me to Hebrews chapter 12 for just a minute. In Hebrews chapter 12, and I'll begin to read in verse 5. Hebrews 12, verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God is dealing with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chastens not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof are you partakers? Then are you bastards and not sons. Do you know what this verse plainly teaches? This again is not losing his salvation. This is a person that gets saved and serves the Lord the best he can, but he gets out of the will of God and gets away from the Lord. And if God does not deal with you when you're away from the Lord, you're none of His. You just profess to be saved, but you never got saved. The Bible makes it very plain. Again, when you think about this, when God's dealing with you, it's like I've said many a time, my brother used to go to the movie and everything, come on, it don't, uh, a whipping only lasts a few minutes, but the movie lasts two hours. We'll have a good time for two hours, get a whipping, go home. And I said, not me. I don't like them peach tree switches, amen? And I, I've thought about that a many a time. If I don't like my mom and daddy to whip me, how much more God? And you know what, folks? I honestly believe sometimes this sickness, uh, people dying, before, and I believe this, you can die before your time. Uh, look at Samson, that great man of God. And he went to that temple with his eyes put out and pulled that temple down on himself. And I wonder how long Samson could have lived on this earth if he had just been behaved himself. You think about that. And that goes to every child of God. David, Samson, uh, Peter, all the saints of God in Scripture who did wrong, paid the price for it. But none of them lost their salvation. Every one of them are still children of God. But brother, you pay the price for it. And the, and the thing that I, uh, I... I'm a sissy when it comes to hurting. I mean, you ask my wife, I get a little bit of thorn and I want that thing out of there. I don't like it. I don't like pain. I don't like suffering. And, I, and I'll do anything to keep from it. I was talking to a man uh, that got the COVID and went in the hospital and for some reason or another it bothered his stomach and he got the acid reflux so bad from him and he come in and he, he said, Preacher, they want to take a foot of my intestines out. And I said, mm-hmm. I said, the same thing I went in there with. They come in, the first thing the doctor said, that, that little Chinese doctor come in there, he said, now, Mr. Strong, we can take care of that pain for you. 
we can take a foot of my your testing out and you'll be fine. I said, no, you can't. You ain't operating on me. I said, now, can't, ain't there something else you can do? He said, well, we can put you on a strict diet. Now, listen to me. You put me on a diet to quit hurting, I'll do what you tell me to do. Now, I love jello, but I love red jello. You know? You know what the doctor told me? You can't have red jello. Don't eat nothing red, no nuts. And he gave me a, uh, give me a, 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 a diet to go by. He said, now, if you're a little strictly by this, it'll heal itself up. But if you don't, you're going to hurt. Well, I stayed with that diet and stayed with it, and I got to feeling great. And then one day I gave me some peanuts and eat them. And let me tell you something, I ain't eating no more peanuts. That like to have killed me. And I said to myself, wait a minute, I'd rather throw away every peanut I've ever seen in my life to hurt like this. Now, it's the same way when it comes to God's chasing. I'd rather throw everything out of my life to be right with God than to have things in my life that I enjoy and want in my life and how God's whipping me all the time. No, thank you. I want to be right with God. Amen. And that's one of the ways, by the way, you know you're saved. When God is chasing And somebody said to me the other day, I was talking to somebody, it looks to me like preacher that that Christian and you're talking about a pastor at that time, they talk, look like that pastor just gets away with everything. I said, no, wait a minute now. You don't know what that pastor is going through. You see, we look at the outside. Oh, he's not crying. And he ain't got a broke leg. And he ain't got a broke foot or something else. God ain't whipping him. Oh, but what's going on inside? You see, there's different ways of chasing him. And God knows how to get your attention. And He will do it. And and that's one of the ways I know I'm saved. I can't get away from nothing. And I don't want to get away from nothing. I pray every day, Lord, keep me straight. Keep me straight. I'd rather be right with you than anything in this world. Amen. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll help us to understand. Your word never contradicts itself. We just need to understand it better. And when we do, we know eternal security is taught all the way through the Bible. Old Noah got in the ark and he never saw a drop of water on him. And we go all the way through the Bible. And the same thing happens to every Christian. You protect us. You take care of us. But Lord, we do know we belong to You. And we are Your children. And Lord, we want You to love us. Help us. Teach us every day to love You more now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank You so much.